Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps, or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. Hello, it's Felicia Gopal here from College Funding Resource for the Career 100 podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us and welcome you to today's podcast. Today we're going to continue exploring one of the careers that's listed as one of the top 100 careers for the next decade, that of a school principal. I often talk about the importance of students having some idea of their career plans prior to attending college. However, today's career is not one I think the average student thinks about going into when they first enter college. If you've ever wondered how your high school principal chose the field that's his or her profession, you'll receive some valuable insight into what motivated today's guest to become a school principal in today's podcast. Perhaps listening to his background and experiences will have you consider becoming a school principal. My special guest is Jim Walton. Jim has been an educator in the Chicago Public School Districts for the past 18 years. He has taught third, fourth, and fifth grades and served as an elementary school dean of students and high school assistant principal. It is in his role as school principal of Manly Career Academy High School for the past years that I invited him to share with us today. Mr. Walton was born and raised in Chicago and received his education through the Chicago Public Schools. Jim has received his bachelor's degree from Chicago State University, his first master's degree from Loyola University in Chicago, and he earned his second master's degree from National Lewis University. He also received a fellowship with the principal development organization, New Leaders for New Schools. Jim is passionate about shaping the futures of the many students he's had the privilege of working with through their academic and career pursuits. He's continuously excited about the tremendous potential that every student has before them and is constantly looking for ways to support students to maximize that potential. Jim, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the call. Felicia, thank you so much. It's great to be here speaking with you about this wonderful topic. Great. Jim, it appears from your background that getting a good education was instilled in you and something that you passed on to your kids. Was going to college expected in your family just as it was in mine? Uh, Yes. Both my parents were college graduates. My dad went on to advanced degrees, received his Juris Doctorate. My mom went on and got, I believe, her master's in social work. And so it was the tradition in our family that we as the children would be going to college and beyond if we wanted to. Yeah, that's something that uh, my parents definitely instilled upon us. It's just like it wasn't if you go to college, it was what college are you going to? And I find that I am doing the same thing with my children. It's already starting to talk about what colleges they will attend in the future. And, of course, both my husband and I are rooting for our alma maters, but we'll see. Yeah, I have a similar experience. 
I was more supportive of whatever my children's choices were. The one thing I did insist on, my undergrad was in the city. I really impressed upon my children that having an experience outside of your hometown is very valuable. And so um, just about everyone, all of them took advantage of that advice, and I'm so pleased uh, that they did. All right. So I talked about in my introduction to you that school principal is not necessarily something that most students think of going into when they were young. Is that true for you also? Uh, yeah, I would I would mirror that experience exactly. When I got into profession, I didn't ever think I would aspire to be a principal. I was really happy teaching and engaging the young people that I had over the years as I was teaching. But something did happen along the way that started my thinking a little different. But no, it was not a first choice. Well, would you mind sharing with us what changed your mind? Well, I had the opportunity. I believe that when I began to serve as a dean of students, I had what I would call more of a school-wide reach. Although I wasn't directly involved in classroom instruction, I was involved with the students sometimes at a disciplinary role, but most times as an encourager and trying to stay connected with them and do what I could to support their learning to the best of my ability, even though I may not have been a classroom teacher. And I felt that there was a new niche being developed in myself that I wanted to be able to impact more young people. And I started beginning to think that I would have a larger impact if I went into the role of a principal where I could actually have uh, direct access and be a part of the development of educational curriculum as well as cultural development to make sure that students understood that they were treasured young people and that they had a huge future, their potential was just off the charts, and I wanted to be there to help them attain whatever dream or goal they had set for themselves. You said a lot in that, and the way that you describe being a principal or the impact that you wanted to have on students is I don't think most people's experience with principals. I mean, I remember my principal walking around the school, but I was never a child that got into trouble when I was in school, and I just remember that it seemed like the only people who really had any contact with principals were people who were in trouble. Has that changed since I went to school, you know, eons ago? I guess I would have to defer to a lot of my colleagues, and I believe it's a a school-by-school basis in terms of how the principal conducts him or herself in the building, I just felt that, and really supported by my teaching experiences, the relationship that you develop with a student is critical to the success of that student. And so I endeavored to relate to my student body as much as I could to let them know that I was concerned about them, I cared about what was going on with them, but I also wanted to encourage them that there is nothing that can limit you or keep you from being whatever you want to be and be the best at whatever you want to be. So I believe that there is a shift in uh, principals trying to be more in a positive relationship, a positive role model, maybe now more so than the, uh, you know, the last resort of going to the principal's office and you're there, you're in a lot of trouble. So I think it is shifting somewhat in a lot of school districts, not just Chicago, but a lot of school districts, I believe, 
uh, the relationship is becoming more important between administrations, uh, principals, and students. Well, that's good to hear because it really does change because it seems to me that principals have a direct impact on what happens in the schools, both in the classroom as well as helping develop, as you said, the culture of the schools. And I could see that that would be something that would be really beneficial for schools if you have a principal who's of the opinion you are capable of just about anything and there really are no limits. Absolutely. And it's my core belief, Felicia. Those are core beliefs for me when it comes to education. And if I could say the reason why I pursued the fellowship with New Leaders for New Schools is because they had the same core concept as I did. I had really heard of no organization to do so and articulated the way I felt it. And so it became important to me that those are core for me. I mean, as a parent, there was a core for me as I was raising my children, and it continues to be a core belief of mine that students can achieve highly if they get the support that they want and they need, and along with the effort that I encourage them to put in day in and day out. So, yeah, it's real close to my core when I talk about this way of principle. Well, let me ask you, you talked about the new leaders for new schools. Is that how you became a principal, through that door, if you will? Yes. That program is expressly designed to take educators of of high quality and unwavering beliefs in children and their achievement in academics to prepare them for inner-city urban areas to become principals, and that is how I was able to attain my uh, administrative certificate here in our district. Okay, okay. So let me kind of step back and ask the question, what does a principal do? You know, I'm just sitting here thinking that in my daughter's school, other than showing up at the various different events that we participate in, I'm not sure what she does on her day-to-day job. Could you share a little bit about what you do in your day-to-day job? Well, from day-to-day, there are really three central things that I try to really stay abreast of. Of course, I am highly concerned at the educational curriculum that we are providing. I'm always looking that we're providing the most high-quality education for every student at every subject level. And so I keep my eye in research. I keep listening to best practices to see if they can also give our students the best opportunity because ultimately they'll have to be able to compete in this ever-changing global society. And so I need to be abreast of what will make them successful once they leave high school and matriculate to college and beyond. The second part of that is making sure that I am in great contact and communication with all of the staff members, teaching staff, office staff, counseling departments. We have four different teams. We have a freshman on track team, sophomore on track team, the junior and senior teams, staying in touch with our engineer, making sure everything is operationally sound. And then the third thing is to constantly be engaged and involved in the school community surrounding our school staying in touch with parents, reaching out to parents, having them come in, being available for them when they have concerns. I truly have an open-door policy for anyone that has a concern that they need for me to hear. I'm welcome and open to hear that. 
as well as community organizations, the faith-based communities, as well as the political structures that are surrounding our school. Those are the three basic things that a principal has to stay abreast of. Now, and I don't want to get too long, but this job is ever-expanding and changing. There are so many things that we are required to do and have to cover such a large, expanse base of not only educational but social and political things that it keeps me on my toes to stay abreast of everything and to make sure that my school is reflected in the best possible light and that the goings-on within our school are the utmost safe and secure and meaningful for the students as well as the staff within. I could see that just on the outside, looking in, I could see that the role of a high school principal would be ever-changing, in, especially in light of the politics um, and the community outside. It appears to me, as an outsider, that there is a lot of things that happen outside of the high school property that influence and direct the direction of what's happening inside your school. Would you agree with that? Uh, Yes, I would agree with that, and I pay close attention to that because what the students that live in the community have that environment to live in, whether it's positive or negative, it has an impact on the student body. And so at my school, we have positioned ourselves to be really in touch and in tune with our students. We really want them to feel comfortable in sharing information that may not be the most pleasant in a lot of times and could prove to be dangerous for them personally. Uh, But we have developed a way of supporting our students and securing their safety that they have experienced time again support that helps the outside a little bit. I've said to some students, I don't know a lot about what I can do about the outside of the school. I know I can control inside, but what I can do is to give you resources and strategies within that you can take outside, and hopefully they'll work for you. So I believe that we have been really successful in securing, if you will, a perimeter around our school. I'm very visible around my building. Everyone knows who the principal is at my school, and I go out and I talk to everybody, whether they go to my school or not, and I try to create a presence of, you know, we love what we do here, and we love the students that go here, and we want the best and the safest and securest environment that we can possibly have for them. And to a great degree, it's been successful in the negativity that can affect the high school. We have been fortunate in not having those kind of things really impact us as it had in previous years. All right, perfect. That sounds great because the reality is doing what it is that I do, I understand the importance of high school is really a stepping stone for many of the students that will listen to this podcast in going to college. And certainly one of the things is what happens to them while they're in school can make the difference between choosing to attend school and not choosing to attend school. So I think and I commend you for what you've been able to do at your school. Let me just kind of ask you, it sounds like you're a man who loves what it is that he does. So what is it that you love or like about being a uh, high school principal? Felicia, 
I would have to say, without question, the most enjoyable part of this job are the students that I encounter. It's awesome to be around young people who have a sense of who they are, have a sense of what they want to accomplish, and at the same time, not being afraid to ask questions and say what they when they don't know what they think they want to do. But by above everything, it is the interaction with the students, the, the engaging them, the talking with them, finding out, you know, how their weekend went, asking them what their favorite songs are, finding out how they're doing in their classes, are they experiencing the kind of education that I'm looking forward to every student receiving. That is the that's the absolute best part of being a principal having that student interaction and engagement with them. Because the reality is students who are engaged tend to be students who are interested in going to college. So anything that you can do to engage your students is more likely to help them make the decision to attend college, or at least that's been my experience. Oh, absolutely. And I'm pleased to say that last graduating class, I really spoke with my post-secondary department, my counselor department, and I let them know that I need for every senior to understand that college is a real option for them, and I want us to do everything we can possibly do to ensure that every student has choices of college and have whatever financial assistance that we can help them get as possible. And so I'm happy to say that our senior class of about 134 students, 100% of them had applied to at least five colleges or more, and every student was able to complete the federal student aid called FAFSA. Right. Um, those students were also. So we every student had the opportunity and the road built for them to attain and be in a college, and I believe that every one of our seniors is who's going to matriculate to a college in the fall. Excellent, excellent. I love hearing those kinds of statistics and facts because the reality is, unfortunately, not every student will go to college, but having a school principal who is speaking that into their existence is going to make it a possibility for more and more students, and I think that that is good news. Education is critical and important to me, and it's one of the reasons why I do this series. So if somebody was interested in becoming a school principal, you talked about you were helping your students develop a path to college. Is there a path or a track to follow if one wanted to become a school principal? Do you just say, I'm going to become a school principal, and that happens, or is there something else you've got to kind of go through to get to that? Well, it was helpful for me to actually be a part of two master programs for my advanced degrees. The masters that I received from Loyola University at Chicago really gave me an in-depth understanding of how to develop curriculum and deliver instruction. So the major focus was curriculum and instruction. I believe that every principal has to know what good curriculum is and what good instruction is. And I believe that was very important to my development and to my leading me toward the office of principal. The other thing that I think every person aspiring to be a principal, they need to also have a good handle of how to administrate and supervise. I think all four of those are critical to the development of a great curriculum and instruction, as well as a well-run building 
and a well-staffed building and where you can observe and give feedback, help coach the teachers that are in your building. Those four components are critical, I think. And so you can receive, in our district, it's called, in Illinois, it's called the Type 75 General Administrative Certificate. There is a test that you have to take with the state to qualify. So there is a test that you would have to take as well as a what they call a basic skills test to deem yourself qualified by the state. But with the training in the master's program that I was in, especially with the items of curriculum and instruction, administration and supervision, I was really prepared once I submitted myself for that testing to be certified. Uh, so I think that's the road for anyone becoming a uh, principal. Now, I don't want to say that you have to have all four components. I was just fortunate enough to have curriculum and instruction as well as administration and supervision. You can become a principal with the administration and supervision component. You can become a principal with the curriculum and instruction component, but all four of those entities are real important for a principal to have grasp of and be able to understand and be able to shape to be really an effective principal. I can see that. Um, you know, in the years that I've been running my practice, one of the things that I've definitely noticed is the administration piece of it. It can be critical in executing anything that I am trying to do. So I could see how all four of those components would be really very helpful. But let me ask you a question. Is it that in order to be a principal, you must have a master's degree? Most of them have a master's degree. Can you go from undergraduate to school principal is what I'm asking. I believe it is possible if you study for the test, the um, Type 75 test, if you're prepared for the basic skills test. I believe it is possible. I think it would be a little bit of a challenge for anyone, for example, did not have an undergrad degree that dealt with education at all. I think it would be a little bit more challenging for, say, a physical education major or a bachelor's of science degree to really be prepared for all the things that come. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that a person from an undergrad status can become a principal. But the normal route, if you will, is you would get a master's degree in one of those two areas that you talked about and then in Chicago, you would also take this test, and that would be the way to become a school principal in Chicago. Right. I would say that getting some, some postgraduate experience in the areas that I spoke of really prepare you for not only the running of the school, but the actual taking of the test. Uh, you, you get information that helps you understand how to answer the questions on the test, in my opinion, in my experience. And so my recommendation would be to seek out master's degree in one of those four main areas that I spoke of earlier to really be prepared to lead your school in a fabulous way. Okay. So we talked about the pathway to becoming a school principal as you know it. Are there any skills or traits that you would say that one should have to be an effective high school principal? Yeah, I think that one of the things that sometimes concerns me is people that aspire to this position but don't have a real love for 
children, uh, young mm. young adults, being, if I could say it, it's more of a job than a profession. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, I think one of the most important traits is that you really have to love what you're doing, and you really have to feel that this is something that I know it may be unpopular, but it's something that you would do if nobody's watching and you're not getting paid. Would you still be willing to do what you do for students, you know, day in and day out? And so I guess, to a real thing, I don't think there's any principal out there that is actually not engaged and involved. I just think that sometimes we're such a data-driven culture when it comes to academic success and improvements and progress that sometimes we lose track of really liking and developing and helping young people become the best that he or she can become. And we sometimes get overwhelmed with having to hit certain marks and certain data points to be deemed effective. I do pay attention to those, but I think I always want to keep the student focused and centered about everything I'm talking about, about everything I'm thinking about, about programs that I want to bring in because I feel if I keep them in the center of my decision-making, I'm going to be effective with them, and whatever data I'm asked to improve or hit a mark, I feel more confident that because I've, I've really centralized my thought around students and the uh, excellency of my teachers to bring the uh, instruction to them, then I can say, okay, I have confidence that whatever I'm asked or required to prove at the end of a school year, I feel like I can realize it in a real way because of this central thought of the student being um, educated as well as we can educate them. Okay. I can see that. You know, we've all seen, you know, even if it's just at the local store, people who are on the job because they're being paid as opposed to being on the job because they're, they enjoy what they're doing. And being that, um, in my opinion, um, education is such a critical component to really, I think, the U.S. economy that having a principal who is student-focused in delivering the programs is what's going to make us a country that will be able to and have students who are able to compete not just today, but in the future. To me, it's a forward-thinking idea to have somebody who is committed to putting together and delivering through his teachers a curriculum that is going to prepare students and thinking about what the students need, not just for today and into the future. Oh, absolutely. And one of the thoughts that I continue to say and to forward and to model is, It's not about getting our high school students to college anymore. That was the goal a few years ago. The goal that we have set as an administration and staff is to get students through college. We want them to graduate. We don't just want them to go. And so we try to build in them the capabilities, the skills, development, and try to give them a sense of what college is like. And so we expose them to colleges. We get them out there. We send them to the different colleges. We try to have professors come in and say, okay, this is English 101. I want you to take notes on my lecture, and then I want you to show me what your notes are, and I can tell you if you're going to pass my test. I mean, give them some 
actual experiences, so they, it's not a shock. College was a shock to me when I went. I wasn't really, I mean, I got there. It was a shock. I had to really work on being a better student than I was in high school. And so I try to let them know, okay, high school is almost over. you got to be ready for You're going to be a college student. That's not the same thing. There's other things you have to be aware of. You don't get that kind of one-on-one that you get at high school. You, you might get a chance to meet the professor once every two weeks. So you have to have some skills that will help you be successful. And so that has become more of our mantra in the last couple of years, getting the kids through college as opposed to just getting them to college. Well, you know, people always ask me why it is that I do what I do, and that is exactly it. It's not about getting kids to college. I think high schools and all the programs out there do a very good job of getting kids to college, but it's a matter of getting them through college that really is going to make the difference for them because if they went to college but didn't get out the other side with a degree, then that doesn't really serve them, especially in this economy where, you know, even for jobs that you used to be able to qualify for with just a high school education are now requiring that they have a college education. You may not even use what you learned in college, but it just seems to me that employers are now using education and graduation from colleges as a starting point in who they're even selecting. So if they haven't graduated, then it really kind of knocks them out of the game and doesn't allow them to even compete. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's a, it is, it is something that young people sometimes don't really believe. They don't believe that not graduating from high school or not graduating from college, they can still make it. And whether that's good or bad, it's, I've, I've kind of viewed it as an environmental issue. Um, their environment has shown them there is a way to still make a living and not have your education. Um, But, you know, I completely agree because one of the things that we like to put up for students to aspire to is all the people who didn't graduate from college who are very successful. You know, it's just like, uh, well, so-and-so didn't and -and so-and-so didn't, you know, and, and then the implication, well, maybe I don't need to either. But there can only be one Bill Gates. There could only be one, you know, all the people who you hear about in the news who have been very, very successful without it. But I was watching an interview with uh, Bill Gates, and he was talking about when he was in school, one of the things that he used to do is he used to be in their summer reading program. And every school year he was competing to be the person who read the most books. They tell the story about him not graduating from college, but they don't also tell the story of all the education that he went out and found for himself so that he would be able to be very successful without a degree. Oh, absolutely. And I think Bill Gates' experience really speaks to what we try to do with our young people. We're trying to make them lifelong learners. I think Bill Gates was a lifelong learner. And sometimes our society deems success or failure in really interesting ways. And one of those ways is whether or not a person completed high school or graduated from college. But I think 
if that should happen to be the role for any of the students that I come in contact with or our staff is trying to feed into, we hope that we still give them those things that will continue to make them successful. It is always a conversation every year with students about, I don't need to graduate from high school because I can do these things. And I say, I hear you, and yes, you're right, and yes, those things are out there. But let's talk about how many people actually get these opportunities. You know, let's talk about what the percentages are. Let's talk about what really occurs for someone like a Michael Jordan, who I use all the time, to become arguably one of the best basketball players ever to bounce the ball. And then let's talk about the 99% of people that play basketball that never made it. I've told my own son, he's a very good football player, very good wide receiver. I would tell him, what if you break your leg? How are you going to support yourself? How are you going to support your family? You have to have a way of supporting yourself. And if your football career doesn't do it for you, well, you, you should have your educational background to help support whatever career you decide to go into if football doesn't work out. So you have to have these conversations with them, and you have to continue to I validate. You have to validate because when you start saying, oh, that will never work, you'll never be that, I don't like that kind of language. I can't predict the future. I don't know how wonderful these young people will be, even if they don't finish their education. But I do hold up education as a viable, tried and true success path for everybody that I know and have come in contact with. Yes. So we talked about skills and traits you need to be as a effective principal. So let me turn the tables and ask you, what are some of the challenges other than students who don't believe that they need an education do you experience as a school principal? Uh, well, the challenges come in various forms. You do get the students that are really against and fight against being educated in a wonderful setting, and they make it a challenge for the young people that are also in their surroundings to receive the education. And so that always is a challenge, and you have to continue to work with those young people to try to find out what it is that keeps them from, you know, wanting to be the best he or she can be on any given day, which is a way to try to find out what needs to happen for them socially and emotionally. So for the student, that's always a challenge. From a teaching position, sometimes the teachers, as well as they are gifted and crafted in their profession, sometimes the ideologies are a little different. And so the challenge with that is to continue to talk with and give feedback on instruction that I've observed and try to get them to understand what the benefits are of maybe trying a different way of dealing with students or dealing with a subject, so we have challenges there. It's very difficult sometimes for me to stay in my building. There's a lot of meetings that I'm called away for that are very just as important, but they do pull me out of the building, so it's a challenge to really be in the building in a given week. If I'm in my building three whole days, it's a great week. Sometimes it's a little more, sometimes it's a little less. And I guess the final challenge is when you have unforeseen situations where a teacher has to leave the building suddenly because of an emergency they're just aware of or there is a sickness that has a teacher to have to be away for an extended period of time and then trying to 
make sure that we can get quality educators in to bridge that period of time, however short or long it is, to make sure that students continue to go forward in whatever the educational progress that the home teacher, if I can use that, has established. So those are some of the challenges, as well as really continuing to have conversations and engage with the school surrounding community and sometimes speak with members of gangs that are making it a little challenging for kids to either come to school or get out of school, engaging the community members to be more supportive of the efforts that we're trying to have at the school. And I could probably go on, but the challenges sometimes are known and then the challenges are unexpected. And so you really have to be able to shift gears almost at a moment's notice and be able to immediately deal with whatever that situation is. So it's hard work, but it's edifying work. It's really rewarding work, even though the challenges may come, you know, at my level. I feel as though if I'm going to be a principal worth my weight, I have to be able to address those challenges, whether I see them coming or they're unexpected, and be able to continue the cultural drive, the educational drive, and not allow it to impact negatively, whatever those challenges are, impact negatively on on the school community. Well, Jim, I can really tell that you are somebody who believes in education, who believes in students, and I just wanted to ask you, why do you think that being a principal, high school principal in your case, is one of the top 100 careers for the next decade? Well, I'm glad we're in the top 100, first of all, let's <laughs> say. I think that education is not going to go away. I believe that our society, along with the technology advances that we're experiencing almost every day, someone has to be in place that allows young people to develop to their potential and their capability to be able to go out to our world and be the next set of lawyers, doctors, judges, political figures in our country. I don't believe that a principal can be displaced or replaced because I believe that the burden of education is very, very heavy. And while the high school is just one of the stepping stones for all young people that are approaching adulthood, I believe that the high school is placed in a real pivotal, critical position in the person of young people, in the lives of young people, because I truly believe that it is high school where the student develops what she or he is going to be about, what she or he really is interested in, really likes to study and go after, what social engagement young people begin to develop and be able to take it from high school and be able to relate socially at a college level or relate socially in whatever profession they decide. And so high school principals are, I think, here to stay until they replace us with some kind of technology that just replaces a principal. You know, I mean, it is possible, but until that time, I think that if we are to believe that our nation is going to continue to be great and our nation is going to continue to be a leader in all the areas that we lead. It is the high school principal that is going to continue to provide the leadership and the care and attention to the student population that they have under their charge to be ready 
to engage and be a part of our global society in the future. So I hope we can stay in the top 100 because I believe that we are committed to making sure that our future has the best opportunity of education as we can possibly uh, bring in a gift to them. Well, I completely agree that high school is a pivotal role and principals really play a key ingredient to that, to the future of our students. And so for that, I thank you for what it is that you do. Thank you so much, Felicia. It's a pleasure, and I feel, if I can say it, I feel like I have worth and I'm willing to share with the young people that I come in contact with, and I'm continuously excited about the job that I do as a high school principal. All right. To learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, www.collegefundingresource. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our podcasts. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen to guests like Jim, who have valuable information to share. Jim, I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight and telling us a little bit more about being a school principal as a career. Thank you, Felicia. It's my pleasure to have been a part of this great effort that have undertaken, and I'm so happy to be a part of it, of it today. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.